Really? I have a Rolling Stones story. I don't know if I ever told you it. Can I share with that? And I see, oh, hi, it's so good to see Betty and Jean Ann. I'm so happy to see you on. And Ashley, hope all is going well. Um, you're settling into your new house. My Rolling Stones story. Inside my house, I have a framed ticket stub from a Rolling Stones concert that my mother attended when she was in her late teens, early 20s. I'd have to do the math. I think it was early 20s. On June 19th, which was is my daughter's date of her birth, um, the first time, and I'm forgetting the year, probably 64, 65, 66, their first U.S. tour, they stopped at Harrisburg, Pennsylvania at the farm, Pennsylvania Farm Show Complex. Okay. And there were only maybe two or 300 people. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom and her siblings went and they ran up and they were like right there. Like they were interacting with them. And... It was wild because years later, my mom saw on the Dick Cavett show, which was this old um, show back in the back in the seventies. I, I watched Dick Cavett. Dick Cavett many times. Yep, I I thought you may be familiar. Um, and Mick Jagger was talking about, yeah, we you know it was crazy at the beginning. We we were like at this cow palace in Pennsylvania, and that was it. It was so wow. early in their tour, and this at the time, the, the farm show is where they would have agricultural events and stuff. So mm-hmm. I don't even know if they set up the stage over, you know, if it was a, you know, a, 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 an earth floor, if they actually put flooring down for it. But it was like really, really early as they were coming up. And my mom said they were great, and she was a fan. I mean, she followed, you know, she still watches anything about the Stones and the Beatles because those were her two favorites. Well, yeah, so. the, you know, I mean, they were a great band. They are they are a great band. Um, and, I mean, I don't know how, <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't know how Keith is still alive, Keith Richards. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. And for Pirates the, of They the... need to study him. I hope, he do, I hope he donates his body to science. I hope um, so, too, because... <laughs> they need to check out that DNA. Really. <laughs> <laughs> but um, one of the things that I, you know, I, I, for years, I tried and tried and tried and tried to get tickets to see the Rolling Stones. You know, they'd come mm-hmm. to Philadelphia every summer and they'd do a big concert. And uh, I, I would wait in line forever and a day to get these tickets because it's not like you had the Internet to do that. I mean. We're talking about ancient times. (laughs) (laughs) What did we do before the internet? Absolutely. You know, or the, you have your phone, you have your phone and, and you used to be able to do a (laughs) redial real quick, you know, and and they say called Ticketron or whatever, or Uh. wait in line (laughs) or wait in line. And, um, I never got tickets for him. So, during the Steel Wheels tour, I think that it was like the late '80s, maybe early '90s. I forget exactly when. Um, a friend of mine that I worked with said he and that he had gotten tickets for he and his wife, and he was going to get more because there were some other people coming around. And I said, "Well, if you can get two more, that would be great." I gave him the money, my money for the tickets, because the late great uh, Jim Langworthy had never been to a rock concert. Ever. Oh, wow. Wow. And he married Ever. you. Yes, he married <laughs> me. So, and, you know, it's like, I, I remember we, we went to get tickets for The Who, and he's going, The Who? The Who? <laughs> I, I, you know, corny, corny, cornball type of stuff. So, <laughs> so we were, we finally, you know, Dave comes back and he gives, gives, gives me the two tickets for the show, and, and I'm, I'm so excited about this now, because I've always wanted to see them in concert it was at Shea Stadium in New York and so I I told Jim he got the night off from work and didn't have to go until late the next day which was good for him and we got a babysitter for Patrick and and uh we went and we get to Shea and everything's fine you know I think Living Color opened for them oh wow I love that band too yeah it was good so Shea Stadium, for people who don't know, is right near um, LaGuardia Airport. 
in Queens, New York. And so we're standing there and, and or sitting there waiting for the band to come on. And we were we were way back from the stage. I mean, you know, it's one of those one of those deals. And planes would take off. And Jim would sit there because he 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 was just like off the wall weird sometimes. And he'd go <laughs> go playing go play. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! Mm -hmm. Betty wanted to know um, what did he think of the concert. Well, I'm getting to that point. <laughs> so the Stones come on and everybody's cheering, and he's sitting in the seat. <laughs> And everybody's standing. Now we were we had a, a covering over us. We were like it shaped like the second tier, like there's the field level and then the tier up and then the, the nosebleed or whatever. And so we were covered and it had started raining. So the stones were on, everybody's going nuts. Eric Clapton came out and was they he did Red Rooster with them. Mm -hmm. And he's oh like, my What gosh. the hell's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know, I'm going nuts, and he's like, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> You're a grown woman <laughs> with a child. <laughs> <laughs> so, we go off, and we're doing our thing, and it, I'm, I'm really getting into it. He's watching the people on the field, because they had, like, these carts off to the side that you could go buy beer and whatever, and... The uh, there was porta potties back on back there too by by the dugouts, and <laughs> so he's watching the line go to the beer stand to the porta potties and back to the beer stand. It was like this big circular motion with all these people. So I'm I'm, I'm really getting into it. The Stones put on a great show. They had the big steel wheels coming along the back and and was also one of Bill Wyman's I think it was Bill Wyman's last tour from the Stones and so we're you know it, it it's great concert's over he says can we go home now I said no you got an encore yet what do you mean we had an encore so they came out to do thing <laughs> and uh <laughs> He's like, all right, are we are we ready to go yet? I'm, and I'm I'm like, yeah, I think so. I think we're pretty good to go now. So we're leaving, <laughs> and we get we get out to our car, and it was. They have a curfew in Queens for outdoor mm -hmm. concerts. I think it's like eleven thirty or something like that. And um, so we get we get to our car. It's probably quarter to twelve, twelve o'clock. We did not get out of the parking lot till two thirty in the morning. <laughs> That's not unusual with concerts of no, that size. No, and because you're just waiting to get to the exit and get out. Where you and everywhere you go, everybody had been had uh, had been tailgating, and you had to be careful where you were driving because you could have been driving over bottles. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we get home, and I'm like, "So, how did you like your first concert? That was the best last concert I've ever been to." <laughs> <laughs> So, well, as, as as Betty said, I guess he couldn't get no satisfaction. <laughs> no, he could not. He could not. He was he was like, I'll never do this again. I'm never doing this again. <laughs> it was not his thing. No. It was not his. It, no. it did not bring him joy. It was not no. something that he, you know, right that that he aspired to. But you know what? Good for for him for going and yeah, hey, good for you, know, you for taking. It. Uh, you know. <laughs> Now this, you know, like I said, my husband was ten years older than me. He, they had moved back from Canada when he was, I think, a freshman in college, and mm -hmm. um, he he was the age where Woodstock. I mean, my God, Woodstock was like the biggest thing that ever happened. <laughs> and what's that? <laughs> so anyway. I think it's funny, but it just shows you that people can have very disparate likes and dislikes and mm -hmm. um, still come together. Well, his, his, his next two lines after this, well, when Pat Boone comes to in concert <laughs> and another one was Gogi Grant and the Wayward Wind. And 
that was somebody on your show of shows. God knows when, what year that was. But that that was like his. He would laugh. That was his thing to music. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, as my friend Doyle um, always says, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> Absolutely. And they, uh, and they, uh, but yeah, I mean, now if it came to sports, I remember the NFL. Different. Yeah, the NFL was on strike one year. I think it was like the first year we were married, or maybe the second year. And they so they hadn't done the replacement player thing yet. Oh, so, yeah. So we were watching Canadian football and uh, seeing who was going to go for the Grey Cup. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Well, as Betty says, at least he gave it a try. Absolutely. So I think that's good. Now, one, one last thing. I, uh, a couple of months before he passed away, um, Bruce Springsteen had announced that he was doing a, a concert. And it was like the first time that the E Street Band had gotten together for like this reunion tour, it was it was like uh, he had not played with the E Street Band for about ten, almost ten years, I think it was. And um, so he was like, "I said, well, I want to go get tickets." He says, "Okay, that would be great. That would be great." But again, I had to go wait in line because <laughs> I didn't want to trust Ticketron uh, dialing in. So, and there was a Ticketron outlet near my house, so I went to it and I stood in line, stood in line. And you, when you got there, you got a ticket, and then the people that were selling the tickets uh, for the show, the the the, uh, the uh, store, said, "Okay, now anybody with ticket number X Y Z, start here, and then everybody afterwards." So that it went, you know, like. Oh yeah. So, I I we got in line. I got in line, and I it was like. The door, they were locked. They were just about to lock the door when this, uh, they let the person in front of me and she said, you're coming with me. Just don't worry about it. And I went in with her. <laughs> so I got, I got four tickets for that particular Rolling Stone show or a Springsteen show at Madison Square Garden. And it was, uh, for our, it was supposed to be for our 18th wedding anniversary. Uh, unfortunately he passed away before that, but we still got the, I still got to see the show. So, oh, yeah. Which must have been bittersweet. I had posted in the chat room. Um, can you imagine Gabriel at a Rolling Stones show? No. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And and Betty said, I wonder if William would enjoy listening to the Rolling Stones. Well, he probably remembered them gathering no moss, but um... <laughs> <laughs> we may have to. Uh, I don't know. We might have to ask SR about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> about the cat, you know, who would most likely uh, be or enjoy a Stones show? Yeah, that I'm would thinking. be an interesting question. That would be an yeah. interesting question. Betty anyway. says Gabriel might surprise us. I agree. I mean, Gabriel might. He might because know. he was, you know, high school, college. He was at that age where yeah. he probably went to Hershey Park to see his shows in Harrisburg. That's right. Harrisburg. He probably did. He probably went to Hershey Park Arena. Right. Which right. is actually a fun co concert venue. They Actually, a stadium is for the outside shows, which is fun. It's very small. Um, a small venue, but a fun venue. You know what the last show I saw there was the Jonas Brothers, and they were fantastic, and it was tons of fun. Um, but we are digressing. Um, Ashley is yes. saying um, she's still still reeling from the ending of WandaVision, Marvel ship Slay, just Ju Gabriel and Julia. <laughs> um, Ashley, it's funny you said that. My daughter literally watched the last episode of WandaVision last night. I, seen I believe isn't Don't I think didn't it. SR didn't SR watch that I I haven't I seen know. any of it I thought that was a show SR had been saying was good I could I could have missed that um, and Betty says he probably won't admit it now um, whether or not uh, you will have to see we'll have to find um, out. But man, there was ton. There's lots of good news. We asked SR about mm -hmm. this week, so that, that, um, that we did. so much, so much going on in the world of SR. Tell us about it, Pam. Yeah. Oh, uh, Tosca did a live broadcast from Italy on Instagram, and I know I still haven't that. seen it. I'm so behind. I'm so behind. I still haven't seen it, but I heard it was great. It was good. It was. There were a couple of them that were good. So he says. Um, <laughs> it, it, 
he had put in, I think, a Facebook post or a Twitter post that I've posted the, the live Tuska's live broadcast uh, to the account, or I should say Nina did. She's she's more technology advanced or something. Like anyway, <laughs> right? We we all know SR is not the uh, not the Instagrammer. That's correct. Of the crew. And, so, he'll 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 say Nina, can you post? Or uh, uh, he'll put things out, out, and Nina will put it on all the platforms. So right. so anyway, so but it is on his Instagram account if you want to see it. Um, some yeah. of the highlights are that Rapture begins filming Tuesday. And will continue mm-hmm. until mid-May in Italy. That's cool. Uh, I'm yeah. so excited about that. Because mm-hmm. initially, that Tosca had indicated they thought they'd be there at least till um, April. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they're going to be there until mid-May is That's, very exciting. Because yeah, that, that means exciting. they're going to be doing lots and lots of filming. So Plus, they they're having to... lots and lots of fun. So. Uh, true. So when they, re- when they return to the U.S. after Italy, they hope to wrap up by filming filming by going to Belize which I was wondering if that scene was if that was going to be in the um in the in the movie or not but it looks like it may be so that I when I I know when when I saw that in his email I was super excited because we were all wondering um if that was going to be really happening or if they were going to use you know a U.S. beach Mm -hmm. um and they have to have the scene, right? I mean, oh, what a scene. And Desi, <sighs> and Betty is hearing wedding bells from the film. And I understand <laughs> from uh, that Julia's dress is being handmade. So that's uh, very, that's cool. Uh, and and, and Pam, Betty and, wonders <laughs> if and, the mango scene will be filmed completely. I know, I right? I don't know. Mango <laughs> sales said, will go up, Betty said. Or I think it was Tusker SR said that it, the, the dress is being um, designed to SR specifications. Uh, so that should be very interesting. I don't want to see it until the movie. I know. I want to have the beautiful reveal. Exactly. And, and I, I believe that they're good. they found a church that they're going to be filming uh, that scene in, in Italy. Uh, so I don't think it's going to be at Assisi. Of course, I think Assisi is in the red zone right now. So they may not be able to, wouldn't be able to anyway. Um, Gabriel's Rapture is available in Russian, and the Russian edition of Redemption is available for pre-order. And there's Miss Kenzie. Good morning, Kenzie Kins. And um, he uh, expects the Brazilian uh, Portuguese edition of The Man in the Black Suit this year. He's just waiting for their announcement for a publication date. His agents have been um, working double time, from what I understand. And there are Danish audiobooks of the first three Gabriel series published in Dreamlet of Denmark. And, uh, oh, by the way, did we tell you that he's that he uh, confirmed that they're going to be filming at the Uffizi inside? That is just remarkable to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was looking in the chat room, and Bet- Betty can't wait. She said she'll be crying when she sees the wedding scene. But she says it's a bittersweet scene. She's happy for Julia and Gabriel, but sad for her sweet Paul, mm-hmm. um, which we understand, Betty. And I, you know, 20 minutes in and you got Paul in there. So I'm impressed. I'm, yeah, I'm, that's, that's I'm very really impressed. Um, your, your, your team, Paul Love, just, mm-hmm. just never continues. ceases to amaze me. Um, and uh, <laughs> she also wants to know, uh, Betty wants to know if James and Kenzie's wedding will, will and be in Umbria and will it be on Zoom? <laughs> oh my gosh, Betty. <laughs> you are so funny. <laughs> Kenzie says, ha ha ha, definitely not, not in person, but they're <laughs> Oh, you guys. I, I, That's too much. I treasure, I treasure you guys, really. This is great. Um, I'm really excited about more and more of the books being available in other languages and i it's it's and i know he says there's more to come on that front as well mm-hmm. but being able to get these uh deals done his his agent must be really working hard um in order to get this yeah i wonder too to so many different um new people to to read and and learn about this beautiful book and I have to say, I'm 
I'm particularly excited about the man in the black suit coming into uh, Brazilian Portuguese because I I just think having his lead character and that affinity um, to Brazil and, and being able to read that is just so exciting to read Acacia about Acacia in Portuguese. Um, It's, it's really cool. And um, yeah, I think it would be really, you know, that, that that would be really really cool. So uh, I'm I'm t- uh, just sending a sorry little message here. Question: Would Gabriel have enjoyed the Rolling Stones? <laughs> <laughs> we will see if he responds. Yes, he, or he will winky face us. We'll see or something. There's something in there. Yeah. And and Kenzie was thinking that the the entire filming of Rapture might be through May, not that they're in Italy until May. So we'll have to see. That could be. Um, I, I may have gotten that wrong. So yeah. if, I, if I am if I am wrong, then I stand corrected. Thank you. <laughs> and Betty said Gabriel's now speaking in Russian and taking over <clears throat> the world. The boss's <clears throat> agent better get a cameo for the wedding scene. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, right? Uh-huh. Oh, I just think it's great. I just, I really do. And, and the, in, in Danish as well. I just thought that was really, really great mm-hmm. that they are getting picked up. So many different languages. Uh, this is awesome. Yeah. And as I, as I noted, there's going to be more announcements to come on that front. So stay tuned. Yes, absolutely. Super exciting. So we are already, and <laughs> Betty says maybe Gabriel listened to the Rolling Stones while he was a little drunk and high. He probably tried to move his hips like Jagger. <laughs> Maybe he was hanging when he was hanging out in Boston um, with the Southies and during his uh, undergrad days. We'll have to see. Um, so we're already to chapter 17 of Gabriel's Promise, you guys. I don't know why that kind of shocked me, but it did. Like, I feel like we're moving through. I guess because there's been a lot of action in the past couple chapters and the, and the storylines, you know, progressing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I feel like it's already chapter 17. I know. Um, you know, keep writing SR, keep writing. <laughs> we have new <laughs> books we need to cover. Um, so at chapter 17, we are, um, the Emersons are sleeping. Um, after talking, um, I guess after their their time with Catherine picked in, um, and Betty said yes, the storyline is moving quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, she is woken up from sleep uh, from the cries of sweet little baby Claire, <laughs> and she groaned and reached for her phone and checked her app. Um, and she was really surprised how Claire had adapted to the feeding schedule. So I can imagine a sleepy. Julia, you know, reaching for her phone, half asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> yeah, actually, sleeping Emerson's. Ah. <laughs> um, and it was surprising to her that, you know, she's right on time. Claire was ready. It was right before the alarm was going to go off. And so Julia turned the alarm off and looked over at sleeping Gabriel. Um, so he was completely zoned out, did not stir. Um, Claire's cry did not wake him. He was snoring, in fact, muffled, fortunately, by his pillow. It had been a very busy day um, because he had responded to the University of Edinburgh accepting officially the Sage Lecturer appointment. He and Julia had a celebratory luncheon with Richard Rachel and Catherine, which must have been lovely. Mm-hmm. The champagne and ginger ale flowed as they celebrated Julia's Oxford workshop. And I love that, you know, they were celebrating the Sage Lecturer appointment, um, but J- Gabriel wanted the spotlight to be not, uh, not on him, but on Julia and her um, invitation by Professor Wodehouse. So... <laughs> Uh, um, I by, just... by the way, uh, Sarah said that uh, Gabriel did enjoy the Rolling Stones, and he has them <laughs> on vinyl. <laughs> I love the fact that SR got back so quickly. That's 
Of course. Of course. Of course. And of course he'd have them on vinyl because he's such a uh, classically cool. Audiophile, um, yes. Yes. Um, what's not to love? I mean, I know, Betty, you're, you're team Paul, but I'm team Gabriel. Uh, what's not to love about Gabriel? And the fact he has the stones on vinyl. I love it. I bet he has Sinatra on vinyl, too. Probably. Ah, just saying. Um, so... They were, you know, they had celebrated that day, um, and Gabriel spent the afternoon in his office going through files because he had to uh, really start thinking about the subject of his lectures and what he was going to <laughs> uh, to pronounce. I'm laughing. Monica said, Team William, just saying. <laughs> That's great, Monica. <laughs> I know. I know. You have that, that strong love of William. And I can't blame you because he's a fantastic character. Um, So, you know, that was one of the things once the, you know, even though this lecture is right now just between uh, the Emersons and the university, he now has to start, you know, getting to work, figuring out what he's going to do, being able to present uh, work that meets that caliber of audience. So, um, she was, um, you know, after, after all, after they were going to bed, um, he went to bed after Claire's last feeding and as she was getting up to go, um, meet Claire again to feed her, she noticed the numbness in her right leg to her ankle and she could feel pressure, but it was dull. So I, and I can, I, you know, again, SR does such a great job of writing very descriptively and he, um, you know, portrays this. And I, you would think when she first woke up, she had, you know, she wasn't fully awake. So maybe that's why her leg felt a little off. And then, you know, she had full range of motion. Mm-hmm. Um, she was expecting the pins and needles feeling and it wasn't happening. So Claire had stopped crying because I think Claire sensed her mother was near. Julia limped over, picked her up, and went to the nursery, being very careful so she would not fall or drop Claire. Um, so, you know, you can imagine your that scene that is a, that sleep-deprived state was, um, you know, she's just kind of shuffling around. But the fact that she noticed her leg... Um, and it wasn't getting uh, better, I think probably started to trouble her. And we asked SR, why did Julia not want to wake Gabriel when she was having difficulty feeling her leg? Mm -hmm. And SR said, I think she thought it would go away. She didn't want to worry him. But also, she doesn't want to go back to the hospital, and she knows Gabriel will insist they return, which makes perfect sense to me. Okay, Kay, I'm so glad to see see you. you, Karen's popping in for a quick hello. It is wonderful. I literally was talking to you right before we went on air. I was talking to Pam saying, I need to say hi to KK. And I went to text you on my phone and uh, because I had to get a new phone and I lost all my data since 2017 in terms of my contacts, I didn't have your number. So I'm glad you stopped in to say hello. Um, I hope you have a wonderful um, morning and wonderful day. I hope you're feeling well. And again, um, we have seen your um, sad news about your family member who passed. So just sending you a little hug and lots of love yeah. um, this morning. Um, yes. And uh, now everybody's saying hello to KK. Um, so have a wonderful day. We're talking chapter 17 uh, SR just uh, answered our question about why Julia didn't want to wake Gabriel up when she was having trouble feeling her leg. Um, and so we continue on. Um, Julia was sitting down cuddling with um, her dear baby girl. And the house was quiet. She really enjoyed that early morning feeding um, quiet and that special time with her daughter. Um, she liked cool. holding Claire in that bonding period. Yes, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very early in the morning, or like uh, I know Patrick's last feeding, and 
before waking up for the day. It was usually like around four in the morning. And you could get up and just sit there and cuddle with them. And it was just great. I, I love that. That's one of the best memories I have of bringing a newborn home. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it almost wakes up for the sleep deprivation. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's true. That is Actually, true. I shouldn't say almost. It does. It totally, it totally makes up for the sleep deprivation. Um, it is incredibly special. And it's, it's just a sweet, calming, peaceful, beautiful. Mm -hmm. There's such a pure love yep. there. And it's all unconditional. And it's pure. I, I think that's the word that I would, I would mm -hmm use for Absolutely. that. Um, and even, and, and I thought this was good too. And this is something I know that we did in, in my household, um, you know, because she would get sleepy. Uh, one of the gifts that, uh, auntie Rachel provided was a crescent pillow, uh, for specifically for when, uh, you're nursing and, uh, she bought the pillow for good reason because when Julia was in the hospital, she almost dropped Claire because she was falling asleep during a feeding. And she said, thankfully, Rachel was there at the time. And Claire rested comfortably on the pillow, um, resting against Julia as she was feeding. And Betty said, I wonder if Julia knows Gabriel thought she has passed. Um, I wonder if Julia knows Gabriel thought she's passed away after her C-section. Would she still be afraid of going to the hospital after that? Or do you mean, would he still be afraid of going to the hospital after that? Or no, would she? She would still be, she would be oh. afraid. Yeah. That is a good question. I don't know whether Gabriel ever told her about that. I don't remember. I remember reading about that. So. You know, I thought, I think I thought he did. I would hope he did. I, I think he. Th I thought he did. I'm. I. I look to our our, um, our fans in the chat room if you remember specifically that. Um, and Betty said her blessedness used used to use those pillows too. Um, yeah, they are lovely. They are great gifts to give. Um, so, I. She was also as she was feeding um, little Claire, Julia had uh, looked at the chart because on, on her phone because Gabriel, of course he did, downloaded an app that would chart her feedings and would remind Julia which side to start. Um, and, which, you know, Gabriel always trying to get the best, the latest, the, 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 the best for his family. Absolutely. Um, and Betty said she remembers Gabriel spoke to Richard about that, but not to Julia. That's another good question we should ask SR that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and, and as she was feeding, um, Julie was pondering about what would life be like in a year? You know, what would their lives be with a 12-month-old little Claire? You know, and it's... It is, that is something you think about in the middle of the night when you're, you're feeding your child. Like mm -hmm. what's the future going to hold? What, what are the challenges? What are the opportunities? What's going to be happening? So she's thinking and envisioning what it would be like next year. Gabriel will be in Scotland. Claire would be weaned by then and she would be taking classes um, at the University of Edinburgh. Um, Julia, that is not Claire. Um, and our halftime show Guess what? The halftime show will be changing a little next week. It won't be halftime anymore? Not this song. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's appropriate, right? You're supposed to get some snow today? Yes, we are, unfortunately. So, anyway. <laughs> Betty noted that Gabriel's supervising the feeding. So... As they were doing this, and as she was thinking about her life next year, that's my favorite part. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, so she realized that Gabriel would be deluged with invitations and meetings, and undergraduate students, graduate students, everyone would want his attention and would be asking for him. 
And then her mind drifted, as it often did, when she's thinking about Gabriel, um, about all the women that would find him very attractive, very sexy. All the Paulinas, Professor Paynes, and Krista Petersons, who would have seduced or tried to to seduce him. And he was a very handsome and intelligent man, and Julia knew this. And she also trusted Gabriel implicitly. Um, he had been faithful since her relationship started in Toronto. Um, so as often is the case, you know, it's not that she didn't trust her partner. She doesn't trust all those women around him. And, you know, I, I thought this was kind of an interesting musing on her part. You know, she, she's kind of bracing herself for uh, the Gabriel fan attack um, mm-hmm. again because she also knows the power in his charisma and his um, his attractiveness, you know, to people. And she just didn't like the idea of him being apart from them. Uh, she did not want to stay in Boston if he was in Scotland. Mm-hmm. And the idea of him being away um, from her and especially being away from Claire during these early months was really, really disconcerting to her. And um, Betty noted, I completely understand, Julia. I would be freaking out, too, if this was Paul. Hands off my precious. Yes, hands off the precious. <laughs> is, is, is. <laughs> that's, that's the truth. Yeah, I, I mean, I understand that, too. And I think, I don't know, if it was... If it, I was trying to put myself in Julia's position. If for some reason things didn't work out and she couldn't continue her studies, I honestly think I would, I would put the my year on hold. I would hold, hold my studies. Go to. I don't think I would commute. Um, you know, we'll have to check. Um, oh, and Kenzie, thank you for the checking. Uh, Kenzie went back and checked the live feed with Tosca. She said, Tosca said they will be filming Rapture until May and then go into this man, which makes a lot of sense. Especially if they're, if they're going to be, if they're going to do any external shots in London, I don't remember what they ended up deciding or if they ended up going to a different country. I I knew that was a big issue. They were scouting around. Um, That makes sense. Mm -hmm. And Ashley noted um, regarding the story. So thank you, Kenzie, for that. Ashley noted, um, in the story that they're not in the habit of sharing what is precious to her. Mm-hmm. And uh, Betty noted correctly, now you could do classes online. COVID has changed everything. You're right, Betty. You're absolutely right on that fact. Mm-hmm. You're, but this was pre-COVID times, as we know. Um, you're, you're totally right, though. Um, and there was distance learning at this time, but I, I feel like they just... Um, probably at that level, they would probably require her to be on, on site. We'll see. Um, hopefully that won't be the case. So, you know, commuting in academia in general is not uncommon. And, and in general, in any kind of work situation, one of my best friends growing up, her father worked in another state. He went away on Monday. He came back on Friday. That's what they did. You know, it was... It was not an unusual situation, and uh, commuter romances are common. Mm-hmm. Um, they noted that the University of Toronto had plenty, and there were a few at Harvard. One professor's wife lived in Spain with their children while he taught um, at Harvard. She was teaching at the University of Barcelona. Um, but Julia did not want a commuter marriage. And I think there are blessings and curses for commuter marriages. Um, I've, I've, I know for jobs that are very consuming, it's actually a, can be a very good thing because then the person can just focus on their job while they're on site and then they can go off, um, when they're not, not at the job site, when they're back at home, they can fully devote their attention to home. So back and forth, I had a friend who taught at university of Florida and her husband was over in um, Houston, Texas. So mm-hmm. it isn't uncommon, but Julia just did not want that. And uh, Jean Ann noted 
that she did an online master's class at the time of this writing of this. Um, wow. Yeah. Cause I knew there was, and there were a lot of online, there's still distance learning. Mm. Distance learning is not new. Yeah, it's just the scale. That. It's just the scale that they're having distance learning on right now is, is unprecedented. So she said, um, she did the, her master's through a top U S university. So they have been available for years. Very true. Mm-hmm. Very, very true. And Betty noted, I have to remind myself that this story takes place in the 2011-2013 time period. Lots has changed since then. And that's very true as well. Mm-hmm. With all the social distancing and staying home, people want to commute just to get away from home. <laughs> You're right about that, too. I've heard a lot of people saying. And in fact, I was on a call yesterday and one of the, the guys I was speaking with was saying, um, Yes, I can't wait for this conference, and I'm hoping it's in person because I'm going. <laughs> and he was in a he has a newborn baby um, with his wife and his other children at home, so they've uh, you know he he needs a little bit of space. Uh, it <laughs> sounded think? like, uh, yeah, yeah, because it's been intense. Uh, it's been intense for especially for people with young children. Mm-hmm. Um, so Julia knew what it would be like, um, being separated. And she remembered that period when they were disciplined at the university of Toronto. And, um, you know, when Gabriel, you know, cut off ties from her for at the time, she didn't understand why Mm -hmm. she spent a really long time mourning his absence and wondering if she'd ever see him again. She just did not want to go through that separation and that pain again. Um, and she sent a prayer of thanks for Catherine Picton becoming a godmother to the entire family, not just to Claire. She looked up at Gabe and Gabriel was standing before her with a tall glass of iced water. So, you know, she's deep in thought and she was saying, thinking how much she would be missing him and how grateful she was for Catherine to offering that solution. And then who appears but sweet Gabriel himself. And I see Kenzie added on regarding commuting. She says, I do online classes too. I think COVID had made it more accepting. People would kind of shame it before. You can study and learn in so many different ways. It's incredible. There isn't one singular way to learn. And that is very true. very true. And talking to friends of mine who are teachers and professors, they notice there are a lot of people who find online learning better for them than in person. And then of course there's the, the converse is true um, that some people have more difficulty online. So there's all different ways to learn and everyone has a different style. Um, (laughs) Yes, Betty shirtless Gabriel is always welcomed as he enters the scene Mm -hmm. and we can all visualize this now, right? We can see, Melanie is Julia with that sweet little baby um, sitting on the chair. And then Julio as Gabriel walking in with his hair kind of mussed up and with a glass little of ice sleepy, water, sleepy yeah. head, sleepy head and having that glass of ice water standing there. Um, to hand it to her because, of course, Gabriel always is protecting and caring for his mm-hmm. family. And uh, he wanted to make sure everything was okay. And he startled her, actually, because she hadn't realized he was there. And she asked how long he had been standing there. And he handed her the, <laughs> yes, Ashley, mind pictures manifesting. I know, right? Mm-hmm. With, the, with the shirtless Gabriel, right? Um, so he handed her the water, reminding her she's supposed to be drinking a very large glass of water every time you feed her. And she knew that, but, um, you know, she just was taking care of business here. Mm-hmm. Um well, and Kenzie yeah. has her own her own picture in her mind. Whoever your Gabriel is, I think this would be a beautiful scene. Yeah. Um, and he, she asked why he wouldn't didn't wake him up. She asked he asked Julia why he hadn't woken her up. Um, he was tired, but then she was too. You know, mm-hmm. he 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 recognizes that they're both exhausted because mm-hmm. they both have this sweet little life that they're taking care of. A little precious girl. So, so, so after he gives her the glass of water, he, you know, being be Gabriel, being Gabriel, he pulls a little child stool over and he's kind of sitting on it, which I can just imagine any tall man sitting on a child stool. Their knees are probably up around their ears <laughs> and, and they're like wobbling a little bit. So, Oh yeah. 
he said, well, he had received another email from Edinburgh, and Julia mentioned that, you know, that he had been up, that he was up real early, and they were up early, and she said, well, they want to schedule an announcement in a gala uh, as soon as possible, and Julia asked if he'd go alone. I think that's, I think one of her fears of, of, of Julio being out of sight is that connection that they have and that it might get lost a little bit. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, he, he says he reached out and as he touches her left leg and she was reminding him that, you know, because of the C-section, she cannot fly, but he wants both of them there. So she can't fly for like six weeks after the C-section. And it's also hard with a baby because you're carrying a newborn onto an airplane, exposing right. that poor child to God knows what kind of germs. And, and the baby hasn't been given a lot of her early vaccinations you know, for the DPT and MMR type right. shots. And uh, so, you know, you can just imagine. And you can also imagine the passengers of the baby because babies fly. They have a hard time with their ears. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. Always, always gave uh, my daughter a bottle or a pacifier exactly. when, so they could that will help with the pressure the for the pressure. air in the airplane. That's yeah. a that's a tip for y'all. Yeah, if you're ever I, flying I, with a little a little one, and I'll tell um, you what that helps. It it, um, it doesn't matter how old they are because I had to I had to fly on business to Florida one time, and I was on a JetBlue flight and two little kids sitting next to me. I think they were ages three and six or something like not, not much older than that. And both of, and they were flying alone. They were meeting their grandmother down in Florida. And Mm. I, this poor little boy, he screaming at the top of his lungs with, with the ear, with the pressure and all, you know, I, I, the stews weren't giving her, uh, giving him any, anything to suck on or chew on. So I'm like trying to figure out what that they can do. And I'm holding the poor kid because he's crying so hard. And, you know, it was just rough. It was just rough. Let me just put that way. It was a long two and a half hour flight. Let me put it, I'll say. Anyhow, so, you know, so I can just imagine how she's feeling about all this. Uh, so he asked her if, if after October 21st would be good. And, uh, She's like thinking about this and she says, well, you know, that would be fine, but I'm not going to be able to do a lot of stuff with you because, you know, I, I'm going to have to be taking care of the baby. Like she might not be able to go to the gal or certain things that they, she wouldn't be able to attend. And so he says, May, he's like, well, maybe Rebecca can come with us, which would uh. be an excellent idea. And, um... So that would be, that would be a good solution for that. And he, you know, he was, she was wondering if Edinburgh would be okay with him, her joining him. And she said they, he'd be, you know, be, picks up his Gabriel muster and he's like, you know, he became a fierce protective and proud. Um, and a dragon protecting his gold, his gold. I, yeah, I, I love, I love that. that. I did. I really, and I quoted that from the book. I, I, I really loved that line for some reason. It just struck me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I think too, you know, I'm seeing Betty said Becky to the rescue. Mm-hmm. She needs a raise. Praise that woman. Absolutely. I think they do. I really think they do. And, and, you know, I think good for, good for Gabriel, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. just again, promise is woven throughout this book. And this is another piece of his promise. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And Jeannie, I mentioned that they should have done hot ears for those little kids <laughs> on that plane. Oh, that, that was an incredible flight. That's another story a long time ago. It's another chapter for your book, Pam. Another memoir. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so Julia decided to lighten the mood a little bit by mentioning the female population of Edinburgh. And how they would be mm-hmm. delighted to see the professor walking little Claire down the street <laughs> in a kilt. <laughs> Which reminds me, Sam Hewen and in a kilt. And uh, 
The Graham. Don't you, Graham? Sam and Graham. Sam and Graham. Mm. Good. It was a good one. <laughs> anyway. I can't wait to watch. It's a good one. Anyhow. <laughs> see, he's like, uh, uh, no one wants to see me in a kilt. <laughs> oh, contraire. Oh, I contraire. would love would to see Professor Emerson in a kilt. That would be fantastic. That would be fantastic. And she's smiling. She says, yeah, you'd be surprised. <laughs> uh, he, he was an he asked her if that if that was what was really bothering her that the female population was uh you know getting under her skin a little bit and uh you know she's like yeah she didn't want to lie she said you know she replied a little and and he's looking at her and kind of focusing in on her and saying it you know well whether he is with her in Cambridge, Edinburgh, or anywhere, he's only with her and no one else. So, and, in, you know, in her small little voice, she told him she didn't want to commute. She's, she's got a little teary, and, and he was going to say the same thing. So, and he's blinking ra rapidly, too. So they know they, you know, right there, you know, that they don't want to be separated for any yeah. particular time. It's that deep seated soul connection right it's yes. that it's that sticky little leaf it's that um two soul two bodies one soul it's that whole connection um exemplified right there you know and i think that has to be reassuring to both of them that they're 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 firmly on the same page on this decision so, so Betty noticed that she can already picture Julia on the flight saying to this, uh, <laughs> this I'll have a chamomile tea and a bottle of scotch for the baby. <laughs> yep. Oh, my gosh. And uh, Gabriel in the kilt, watch out, world. We would all pray it's a windy day, she said. And Ashley said would love Gabriel in the kilt, LOL. Yeah, that is if he's prop wearing the kilt properly. Pray for the wind. <laughs> Uh, at least they are being honest and not withholding important information from each other. That's is what Betty true. said in yes. terms of how how they're feeling. So, so he that's beautiful. Know, he went to start massaging her right leg because he'd been massaging her foot, left foot for a bit, and she mm -hmm. kind of waved him off. She's, Claire's just finishing up, so she turned off the feeding app, and then Gabriel stood and lifted the baby and, and retrieved a, a burpee cloth from the a table from the uh, changing table and uh, she's you know patting baby's back and swaying on his feet you know that's one thing I notice anytime I hold a baby doesn't mm -hmm. matter who the baby is my own or anybody else's I tend to sway yep and this is going to sound really weird when I found the kittens in the alley mm -hmm. a few years ago Every time I held one of the kids, I did the same thing. I think that's an innate reaction, right? Yeah. I, I feel like that's something that is just within us as a, a living being. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's nature or nurture talking, but I, I understand that. So anyway, so Julia's heart skips a beat just watching. Gabriel holding Claire. I know, Claire. I know. I say this every time, but if they make this into a film, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. It'll be so beautiful to see these characters with this newborn baby. It would just be lovely. Mm -hmm. Considering uh, Tuska said that Gabriel or Julia was the monster to her children. Because he <laughs> plays a monster and they all come in and laugh at him. Um, so uh, anyway, so Julia whispered, I'm proud of you. And uh, he, he had a question with a, with a look, and he, she told him he was a sage lecturer as well as being a good father and husband. And he told her that he is far from good, that he's a very selfish, selfish man. And when it came to she and Claire. And uh, she, then she's like, I wonder how uh, the University of Edinburgh will think of a father in residence. And he, he, he was being very serious. He says, well, if they don't like it, I'll sell them. <laughs> and you can see Gabriel having that, that bit of, uh, you know, that swagger still, right? Oh, you know, yeah. he oh, yeah. is going to protect. He's being the fierce dragon. 
But I think it also goes beyond, I, you know, I thought this was a very telling passage because, uh, you know, Gabriel's still feeling there's a bit of, he's not really worthy. Mm-hmm. He's selfish. This mm-hmm. isn't about him. He's not, he, he still sometimes deny that he is good. He right? does. He still can't, still. he can't accept the, he can't accept praise or recognition when someone's keeping it on him about being a good person. Mm-hmm. He can accept the praise academically because that's but, but where not, he feels safe and comfortable. But, but I think when it comes to that space. really innately personal stuff, he's he still, still you know, still healing from his childhood, mm-hmm. I you think know, and so he too. has his doubts. So Julie is adjusting, gets up, she's adjusting her nightgown and standing on her left leg. So that Gabriel wouldn't see her limp, and she she walks goes out of the room and decides not to limp until she's out of his sight. Yeah. And uh, Gabriel said, "You take care of Claire and rock her back to sleep because Claire likes it when he sings to her," <laughs> <laughs> which I love. <laughs> and Julia laughs. He said, "Who doesn't?" <laughs> so they touched their foreheads together and went back to bed. Um, so we asked SR, why did um, Gabriel downplay Julia's praise, saying he's far from good, that he is selfish? And he responded, he says, I think in his marriage and now being a father, he's realizing how he must consider the others in his life and not himself, because he's so used to having his own way. And, and that makes sense. It does. It does. And Mm -hmm. we also asked what he was going to be singing to Claire. And he said, SR's great response. That's a very (laughs) good question. (laughs) Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot. (laughs) Do you know how many times I've used that line? I know. Nowadays. I I mean, in general conversation with people. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. You know why? Because we get it so much. I know. (laughs) I think that's it. That's one of his standard responses, but I, I think be. I think he likes I think he likes when he asks when we ask him some kind of questions that are out of the out of the norm norm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Sometimes I'm channeling you, Betty, when I ask some of these questions. You know, <laughs> what would Betty ask SR? Seriously, <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, and I laughed. I, uh, Betty, speaking of Betty, she she said, "Gabriel, we need to work on your nerd factor. You are too sexy for this family. Calm it down. Calm it down." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, learn to dance like a dad and be less suave. Sincerely, right. Julia. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Ashley, I'm agreeing with you, Julia. Tell your husband you are limping. That was bothering me throughout this chapter, but she was high. I, and I get she didn't want him to worry, and I get she didn't want him to take her to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And maybe she wanted to wait. I'll give her a pass for tonight, but if she doesn't tell him tomorrow, I'm gonna have a I'm having a little problem with Julia. I'm I'm sure she, I'm sure she will tell him at some point in time. <laughs> yeah, then, I know. I just but it's yeah. like. Yeah, she doesn't want to worry him, and she doesn't want to go back to the hospital. And right, but if if Julia was holding something back from her, I said Julia. I meant if Gabriel was holding something back from Julia, Julia would be upset. Don't worry about the because she would want to know. Don't worry about the Freudian slip. I, I happened to pick up a video yesterday of a pod. It's a podcast, and it's called Deck the Hallmark. Uh, oh, fun! Yeah, well, it was. I just it happened to show up on YouTube yesterday in my, you know, suggested feed or whatever they do it. And they were talking to Daniel Lissing, who played Jack in When Calls the Heart. Oh yes, and he's he's this Australian actor who who did the part and left, and it was like everybody was surprised because he was killed off the show. And um, so he he was talk, discussing uh, what was going on with some of the actors and you know he says jack and and then he mentioned i think the woman's name is erin that has the lead in that show who played his wife and and he called her erin he says oh wait a minute elizabeth he says, so it's common <laughs> that you're thinking of the actor rather than the act character sometimes when you talk about that stuff 
Well, thank you for that, Pam. <laughs> just because I, yeah. Oh, and Julia, Julia, you know, that's the same. I should just call him G. That makes it that easier. Makes it all the all the easier. Mm-hmm. The and they're they're that's both correct. Then Gabriel is a G and Julia is a G. So, um, but you know, I'm I'm looking at some of the comments in the chat room, and you know, um, Betty said, "Now we really need to hear Julia sing in the films. We want a Gabriel CD. <laughs> he probably won't be singing Satisfaction to Baby Claire. Why not?" <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> I, I, I I mean look at the look at Friends when um uh what's her name had the baby oh and, yeah uh, the Rachel had the baby Rachel. and they're they're singing baby got back you know I mean come on <laughs> <laughs> and Ashley says we need uh, Gabriel's promise soundtrack um it is a must get and a given once promise is optioned so mm-hmm. <laughs> Ashley's already uh asking for a promise soundtrack. Um, and Ashley agreed. Yes. I love Julia. Let your husband care for you. Um, and Betty said, if Gabriel noticed Julia limping, I bet she would tell him she was practicing her thriller moves. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a good excuse. It is a good excuse and sickness and in health, uh, Ashley noted. Mm -hmm. Um, it's important. It is important and it's true. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I'm sorry you're still grieving about Jack, Ashley. Oh, yes. So are, you te- are, so are you team Lucas or are you team Nathan nowadays? <laughs> <laughs> I do like that show. I don't know why. It's... I have not watched it. I mean, I know of it, but I, it's one of the ones I haven't watched. You know, on my list of like 70,000 things to, to, to watch. To watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All good stuff, I though. You. I hear you. Yes, Betty. Gabriel would not approve of such a sexual song for his Principessa. Um, satisfaction, that is. Well, uh, I don't know. I just, uh, you know, you, people do sing strange songs to their kids for whatever reason and not, <laughs> not thinking of the lyrics, you know, and just the, I guess it's the sound and the motion while you're singing. This, is, that, this is true. Ashley said, When Calls the Heart is an amazing, uplifting period drama. Yeah, I, I think I would, I, I, I know I would enjoy it. I, I enjoy, I do enjoy those period pieces. And, and Ashley is team Lucas. Okay, well, I'm, so, team, I'm, I'm actually team Nathan. Mm, now it, it's even more intriguing to me. Yes. I have to check this out. Yes. So, And Betty's right. Whatever makes a baby go to sleep at night. Right, even if you have to put them in the car and drive them around, which is what I used to have to do sometimes. Or, Not at night, or, usually or, for nap time. Or just run a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dryer is a good one, too. Mm-hmm. That white noise, as they call it. Yep. Susanna, I'm not sure how you would describe that uh, in your language, but it's it's kind of when there's a motorized sound of, they call it in English, white noise, and it helps. sometimes it helps people uh, calm down and rest. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Yeah. Whatever, whatever you can do to get that child to rest and then get yourself a little sleep, too, makes a big difference. Makes a big difference, so, especially when they're teething. Yes. Yes. And my daughter can attest to that because mm-hmm. she uh, has a classroom full of 18 months old at the, um, the child care center and school where she works. And they're all working with these sweet little babies who are in the midst of their teething process. So it's cha- challenging. Challenging. Oh, and Betty, I love that. She ha- used to play the Gabriel's Inferno audiobook to Blessedness 2.0 and 3.0. Um, yes. What? Oh, my gosh. The, the beautiful voice of uh, John Morgan lulling that child to sleep. Oh, gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, Pam, this has been great. I'm excited too about next week. We're inviting everybody next yes, week the bat- to the, the baptism, the baptism. or brunch. Yes, the bapt. I think it's the luncheon. As I looked at the book, it seems like it's a luncheon. <laughs> um, so you're all invited mm-hmm. to uh, Claire's baptism next week. <laughs> oh, Susanna said uh, Biele Shum, and I know I mispronounced that, 
but she said it's the same. Understood. Understood. Um, I think that's innate in everybody in whatever language. So, yes. So join us next week for the baptism of baby Claire. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's another really good chapter uh, along along the journey of Julia and Gabriel uh, and their new family. And yes, Betty, we have to wear our fancy fascinators and high heel shoes. Yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> leave the high heel shoes to uh, Julia, but um, I'll take the if she can if she can walk with them in her leg with her leg. And mm. uh, but I will do a fascinator. I love fascinators. They're they're fascinating. <laughs> I think maybe maybe we should ask people to uh, to show us their fat. You know what fascinator show us they their would fascinators. wear. Yes, that would be fun. Yes, I I think that we will. We're going to post that. That'll be a fun thing. So that'll be fun. Yes. So be prepared for next week's baptism of baby Claire and uh, hoping you all have a wonderful week. And Ashley, even if you can't make us live, please join the, please join the, download the podcast and listen in. Um, It should be fun. Anyway. All right, everybody. So I hope you all have the good rest of your weekend. I am getting my second COVID haircut in a year. <laughs> Did I? <laughs> uh, very good. Yes. I'm jealous. I haven't had a, a proper haircut in over a year. I've been trimming my bangs, but mm-hmm. my hair really needs it. So, um, yeah, you will look stylish, and I will need to hide under my fascinator next week because Sounds my hair good. is getting a little ragged. <laughs> 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 so. I hear you. I hear you. So <laughs> yes. I'm gonna... Jean, Jean Anne is finally a reason to wear a fascinator during COVID. <laughs> <laughs> and Betty said, happy international, early international women's day. Yes, yes. I believe March 8th is international women's day. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. And Betty confirmed it. Yes. Excellent. Thank you very much for that. Um, enjoy and celebrate the With power, the, the power of, of women. Being a women. Mm-hmm. That's right. So I'm going to leave us this morning with a little Lorena McKennett in Prospero's speech. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. So I hope you all have a good week and we'll talk next week. See ya. Take care. <laughs>